Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to share a recollection of my childhood. It was a time when I got a cut on my face, like right here above my eye. I was playing underneath a neighbor's deck. And you know how sometimes on the underside of of a deck, the nails that went through the deck will be exposed. You know, so it was a little tip of a nail down there. And we were, I don't know what we were doing. We're messing around down there. I was probably four or five years old. And I hit my head up and it hit that nail and it just cut right here. And um, anyway, so I went home. I'm sure I wasn't crying or anything, but I went home to get attention, seek attention. And uh, my mom was cleaning it up. And she said something about it leaving a scar. And I said, well, for how long? Well, forever. What? I, I have permanently damaged myself? You know, I mean, that's inconceivable to a young child to think, you know, well, forever. That's like a really long time. <laughs> yes, that is a permanent scar. I also remember then some years later, you know, I was, you know, you're, you're losing your baby teeth and your permanent teeth are coming in and mom and dad are telling you brush floss, you know, have you brushed your teeth and and all that? Well, these are permanent teeth. It's got to last me a long time. So you got to, you got to take good care of them. Of course, I had a sledding accident then and flew off the sled right into the concrete and chipped that tooth right there. Which one? This one. Yes, I chipped that tooth. So it probably, you probably can't see, but if we turned all the lights out and turned a black light on, you would be able to see because the bonding material they use on it, the, the cap they put on it, absorbs black light. So I've actually been at parties where people have said, what happened to your tooth? <laughs> Because I had a tooth missing, you know, because it looks that way. I haven't been to a party like that in like 30 years, so just relax. But the kids are up here laughing. Anyway, uh, yeah, well, there, there, there goes that permanent tooth chipped and capped and all that. Then there was a skateboarding accident a little bit after that where I did a face plant in the asphalt. And I have a scar right here now that's permanent. A little blue, like a zigzag there. Broken bones, cuts, bruises. And generally speaking, as life goes on, it, does, it just doesn't get easier. <laughs> um, our, our mortal bodies are frail. And we feel our frailty even more with each passing year. Of course, these are only physical conditions. And in life, we also take a hit emotionally as we deal with disappointment and heartache. We build trust. We build trust and we tear it down and there's hurt feelings. We rejoice at the birth of a child and then we mourn at the loss of a loved one. And and these have to have an emotion, they leave an emotional scar on us. We mourn uh, our, our loved ones. We struggle with hurt feelings, with envy, with jealousy, with rage, anger, malice, frustration, 
Sometimes we deal with depression and with anxiety. Sometimes everything seems okay. You reach a point in your life where everything seems okay, everything's just fine for now. But we can become cynical and we learn not to dwell in that moment, you know, because it's just a matter of time and everything can go south. So don't, don't get too comfortable in this position of contentedness because things could go south quickly. This joy that I'm experiencing now can't last forever. So then I'm disappointed because I'm happy, but I know it's not going to last forever. It's kind of a, an odd feeling. But these disappointments in our life can leave us emotionally scarred. So we, we, we're physically scarred. We're emotionally scarred. Perhaps you may even look to the world around you for comfort. You say to yourself, well, I'm feeling down, but I'm encouraged when I see young families raising their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I see fellow Christian brothers and sisters caring for one another. I see a growing reverence for the gifts that God brings to us in word and sacrament. And then you wake up. I mean, yeah, we we do see that within our close community here. But in the world around us, we don't always see that. And even within our close community, we do let each other down. Generally speaking, in this world, the balance is in favor of the pagan. Churches are shrinking, in the, especially in our context in North America. Churches are shrinking while the religion of sports and recreation and other distractions, which is what they are, just keep growing. We experience a life of ups and downs, encouraged, discouraged. We're wounded and we heal, and sometimes we don't. We suffer permanent loss, or so we think. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus tells his disciples that he is going and they will not see him for a little while. And then he will return and they will see him again. He says, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. What does he mean by that? He also says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Again, what exactly does he mean by this? We can see now that he was referring to his death. The disciples would weep and lament his death. I mean, you could see why they were confused. They didn't understand that because they still didn't understand that the suffering servant had to suffer and die for their sins. They weren't expecting that from the Messiah. But we can see that. We know that now. And the world would rejoice as though justice had been served which it had in a way, strange way, justice had been served. Justice had been served because Jesus Christ, in a form of injustice, was crucified for our sins, which was a form of justice. Nevertheless, the disciples' sorrow in all of this would turn to joy. 
The disciples were exceedingly sorrowful at his crucifixion. They thought that death had conquered their beloved Messiah. Yeah, they thought that he was the Christ, the Messiah. But how could he be if death had conquered him? He couldn't be the Messiah if he would die on a cross like that. Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. This couldn't have been the Messiah. So yeah, they were sorrowful at that. But at his resurrection, their sorrow turned to joy, to a joy that is unbounded, to see that death had not conquered Jesus, but in fact, Jesus had conquered death. I mean, the implications of this are huge. We are now in a season of Easter. Christ is risen. Yeah, that's right. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. As you experience loss, failure, sorrow, you can't take back your sins and your bad deeds. You can't take them back. So what? Do you feel helpless and hopeless? No, not in Christ. You may feel as though you have suffered permanent loss, as though these scars we have, emotional, physical, are permanent. In Christ, you have hope. Because in Christ, he has overcome death and is making all things new. This is the theme of all of our lessons today. They all point to this theme that in Christ, God is making all things new. These permanent losses, these sufferings, these disappointments that you have here and now, these are temporary. Acts 11 God is doing a new thing here. He's saving the Gentiles. That's, that's our lesson here. He is saving the Gentiles also. Oh, the Jews said, oh, you mean, so God is also saving the Gentiles? That was inconceivable to them. They thought that it was only the Jews that were the chosen people. No, God has, is saving the Gentiles also. And thus the the ministry of the apostles went to the Gentiles and the Jews, to both. And Paul would say, there is no more Jew nor Gentile. The distinction is gone because we are all one in Christ. Our lesson from Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Not just Jews praise the Lord, but all people. In fact, not just people, but all of creation. The creatures, the beasts of the field, livestock, the mountains, inanimate objects like the mountains, all of creation, praise the Lord. And then we come to Revelation 21. John, the Apostle John, in in recording the Revelation, was given a glimpse of the eternity that awaits all believers. We, we heard that John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And Jesus was seated on the throne. And he, was, and he said, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. 
Behold, I am making all things new. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. This is what Jesus spoke and will speak and is speaking from his throne. That he is making all things new. That he is giving us life-giving water. We come to the gospel lesson from John 16. And we're given an analogy here of new birth. A woman is sorrowful as she struggles through labor. But when the baby is born, the anguish fades away and is overcome by the joy of this life that is born into the world. In the same way, God creates a new heaven and a new earth, which we inhabit. Our suffering now is temporary. The trials and tribulations of our lifetime are fleeting. But the joy of our salvation is eternal. Salvation is forever. My beloved, cling to the promises of Christ. In your baptism, you have been claimed as God's beloved child. In this sacrament, our blessed Lord Jesus comes to you with his body and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll have sorrow in this life. You will have pain. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. It's a lie from the devil to say you won't have sorrow or pain. It's, it's a lie from the pit of hell to tell you, well, you know, this is just, you just have to try harder and be a more faithful believer or a better Christian, and then you won't have this pain and suffering. As the women knows, we're studying through Job right now. It wasn't anything Job had done. Actually, his, his trials and his tribulations were because he had a target, because he was a righteous person, at least as far as a person can be righteous. And that happens with us too. Sometimes because of our faith, we might suffer all the more. But this is all temporary. In life, we will have disappointment. And in spite of all of that, though the devil brings his worst upon you, you may have joy. Yes, even in the midst of suffering, you may have joy. I mean, you will have that joy for sure when you enter eternity. You know that. You will have a glorified body. You will be raised in a body that, doesn't, that no longer desires that sin that is in each one of us. We won't have the pains and the, the anger, the frustration, the disappointment we have in life. None of that will exist in our glorified bodies and in this future kingdom that is coming. But do we have to wait until then to experience joy? No. Even in the midst of pain and suffering, because by faith we know that this awaits us, we can even still now have joy in the midst of that. Lean on Christ. He will not ever fail you.
Put all of your hope and trust in Christ and the certainty of your resurrection to a glorious and everlasting life. You have all been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Christ died for your sins, and he was raised for your justification. As we sang in our uh, hymn of the day today, the sixth stanza, you, God, have opened paradise, and your saints in you shall rise. Alleluia. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.